0: Welcome to Author Express. Thanks for checking us out. This is the podcast where you give us 15 minutes of your time and we give you a chance to hear the voice behind the pages, get to know some of your favorite writers in a new light. I'm one of your hosts, Kathleen Basie. I'm an award-winning musical composer, a feature writer, essayist, and of course, storyteller. Let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Diane Barnes lives in Massachusetts and spends a large part of the summer in the White Mountains in Maine. She writes women's fiction, and her books often focus on friendships between women and how female friendships have the power to help women overcome obstacles in their lives. Kirkus Reviews called her debut Waiting for Ethan an Engrossing Page-Turner. They called her sophomore novel A Charming Funny Romance That Keeps the Plot Rolling. In 2019, Ms. Magazine named Diane's third book, More Than, a favorite book to curl up with for the holidays. More Than was also a silver medalist in the 2020 Independent Publisher Book Awards in the category of Best Fiction, ebook, and Best Book of the Year finalist 2020 with Indies Today. Diane's fourth book, All We Could Still Have, will be published on November 7th by Lake Union. It's about the effects of infertility on a marriage. Early readers have said it's both gut-wrenching and heartwarming. USA Today bestselling author Anne Garvin said she read the book in one night, holding her breath until the very last line, and Amazon best outselling author Suzanne Redfern called it a deeply moving story. Diane hopes you enjoy reading her books as much as she enjoyed writing them. Welcome to Author Express, Diane. Good morning. It's great to be here. So tell me the most interesting thing about where you're from. The most interesting thing about
1: where I'm from. Well, I grew up in a town called Framingham, Massachusetts, and it's known as or it was known as the shopping mecca. And the reason for that is because Shoppers World is a mall there and it was built 1951 before the word mall was even used. So it was one of the first malls in the country, the first on the East Coast. Huh. It had this huge dome over Jordan Marsh that was definitely the largest dome in the United States. So. It's a cool place.
0: That's very interesting. It's the super mall before the super malls.
1: Exactly. And it was in the weird thing too, it was the first on the East coast, but it was outdoor. So it was, you know, connected by walking paths and you would think it'd be like here with the cold weather in the winter. So it would <laughs> be all indoors, but no, that wasn't the case. So is
0: it still there? Is it still open?
1: It's still open, but they knocked down the original structure and they made it more sort of like strip malls. It's not, it's nowhere near oh. as cool as it used to be.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have the charm anymore. Oh, well, yeah. that, that is very interesting. Cool. I, I love this, that. This is our, my social
1: study book in seventh grade. Like there was a big picture of it. I'm like, wait, why is there a mall in here?
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's really fun. I really like asking this question to people because we get such, such different answers. Every place has <laughs> got interesting things about it. So uh, let's ask you. What's something that you wish you would have understood more deeply when you were 20 years old?
1: You know, not to really just worry so much about the future, just to take life one day at a time and just enjoy every day as much as you can, instead of like always trying to like prepare for the next
0: thing and think where I'm going to be and
1: what I'm going to be doing.
0: I'm just impressed that you have learned that because that's still me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about your book, All We Could Still Have. I have to say that when I read the concept for this book, it just like little things lit up all over my brain because I went through infertility before I had my four children. And so I am just really looking forward to reading this book. So what do you hope readers will take away from reading this book? I want them to leave the book with a
1: hopeful feeling and that even if your plan A doesn't work out you can always pivot and sometimes plan B, plan C, whatever can be a better option. And it's really your mindset that determines that. So don't be disappointed when you know, what you really were hoping to happen doesn't happen. You can make the best of the way things turn out.
0: Yeah. Is infertility something that you've experienced personally? The book is fiction. Okay. So how does one go about researching to make something like that be sensitive and accurate? How did you go through that?
1: I've read a lot. I've read a lot of blogs, books, people's personal stories. And I think the emotions in the book are real. I mean, th- those are non you know, that those are my true feelings. So.
0: Yeah. You know, the, the experience of infertility, I, I just know from my own experience is just difficult. And what you say, you know, the, the concept of the book that it's about the impact on a marriage, it's, it's a real thing. It's very, very difficult. So. Absolutely. It, it's really great to see that somebody's tackling this. I just can't wait to read it, I guess is what I'm saying. Great. What was it that made you decide you wanted to tackle this topic?
1: Well, I don't have any children. I met my husband when I was in my late thirties, so it, it mm-hmm. was more a, a function of age. But I was in a writing workshop and the instructor who was Elizabeth Berg,
0: mm-hmm. she gave
1: all the participants a prompt and she customized them to each there were eight of us in the workshop and she gave me a prompt. And from that prompt, I just wrote a scene. This was before my debut even came out. I was still working on it. And people in the class were laughing and crying, like at the beginning of the scene, laughing at the end of the scene, crying. And it was about a woman who dresses up in sexy laundry and her husband just ignores her. So it was like, why would that happen? That, that's mm. what I had to think about. So that's
0: sort of how I came up with the idea. Huh. So is that scene in your book now?
1: No, so that had to be one of the, yeah, kill killed my darlings that at the end of oh, yeah. my last drafts, I had to take that scene out and it absolutely <laughs> killed me to take it out. But I just kept putting it in there trying to make the book work. And then it just uh-huh. it didn't work with it. And I was really sad to cut it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think every person who's ever tried to write a book is wincing on your behalf right now. We totally get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let me ask, do you think that your book would be exactly the same if you'd written it? 10 years ago, or have you wrote it 10 years from now?
1: No, absolutely not. You know, that is my fourth novel. And hopefully with each novel, i I become a better writer, I hope. I mean, I feel like I have. So, and hopefully it's a lot better. And 10 years from now, I don't know what what it would be like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you see that's changed in your writing over the course of those four novels? I think I, I write more
1: confidently now. So I think my descriptions are better and I trust the reader more than I used to. So things that I would spell out like even though I describe something, I would like would double down on it, like sort of telling the reader what to think and now I just leave it up to the reader and their imagination. So
0: Oh, that's very interesting. I like how you think about the reader so specifically. That that's mm-hmm. very cool. But let's talk a little bit about the writing process and journey for you. What part of writing brings you the most joy?
1: So after I have the first draft done or just the first words on the page, going back and playing with them. When I start mm-hmm. to see the story coming together, getting the original words down is always the hardest part. But then when I go back and I play with them and it just, I love that part. You know, And you see how things connect, like something that you wrote later, like a word in there or, or just an object that you have in it. You can go back in the beginning. Oh, I have that here too. And you just see these connections and it's just mm-hmm. so fun. It's like putting together this huge puzzle.
0: Oh, Yeah. That sounds very familiar. I think it's like you have to get down the, the skeleton of the book. And then once you've got that skeleton, all of a sudden you can see things that you didn't see when you were first putting it out there. Yeah. I find that too. So you're a revising person. Yes. Yes. And I don't always wait to the end, though.
1: That's the thing, too. Like, I'll write a scene, and then I'm like, oh, I can't just leave that like that. I have to go back. And so then I right. just keep playing, you know, and playing. And then I'll, I'm like, okay, I think that's good enough. Now I can go on to chapter two or whatever. So. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, you know, I have to go all the way back and revise it as a whole. So...
0: Of course. Do you, you know, people are always saying, don't revise while you're writing because it will stifle your creativity. But I find that if it's bad, I'm just going to write myself into a hole anyway. I need to like know that I'm pointed in the right direction before I move on. Me
1: too. Absolutely. It has to be as good as I can make it at the time before I can move on. So I'll stay on chapter one for a really long time, you know, and then when I think I get it, then I'll go on to chapter two. But it also a lot of times makes for less work at the end.
0: I think that's true. Yes, that that makes sense to me because if you've written like a long way in the wrong direction, it's like if you're off by one percent and you fix it early, then it's not that big a detour to get back. But if you wait until you've driven a hundred miles, you got a, you are a long way off. Long,
1: right? <laughs> you're really lost. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, what surprised you most about your writing career?
1: I mean, right now when I look back at it, I just turned in my fifth book that I have. Five books, and you know, I still have a full time job. Like, somehow I've managed to work it in there. Like, I'm always surprised how long it takes to
0: write a book. If you have a full time job, I'm not, I'm not surprised. (laughs)
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. And my full time job is writing too. Just that I've somehow the ideas just keep coming.
0: That is amazing. There's a real magic about that. Very cool. So, tell us where is the best place for people to find you online?
1: Sure, I have my website is Diane dot com and I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Diane Barnes777.
0: All right, very good. Okay, so we're gonna close out by asking you this. What book or story is inspiring you the most these days?
1: The book I always turn to nonfiction is for writing is Bird by Bird by Anne Lamont. And hmm. It's my writing Bible, and it gives me confidence. Whenever I'm writing a story and I don't know where the story's going, she reminds me that I don't have to know. I only have to know how this particular scene works out and see the next. So whenever I'm feeling stuck, writer's block, I go back to that book and I read it. And whenever I hear someone who wants to be a writer, it's always a gift that I give because it was so
0: instrumental to me. It's just so helpful. Do you go back and read it again and again? I sure do. That's amazing. And it makes me actually want to ask you another question. When you said you don't need to know where you're going, you just need to know, like, what's this little bit. So does that mean that you're a pantser rather than a plotter? I am
1: definitely a pantser. Yes.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. All right. Well, that's all very good. Any last thoughts before we close up today? No, just thanks for having me on. Thank you very much for being on Author Express, Diane. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll take a second to give us some stars or a review on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll be back next Wednesday. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Author Express Podcast to see who's coming up next. Don't forget, keep it express, but keep it interesting.